This is the municipal. Have you been paying attention to like city stuff? Don't vote, can't bitch. Sorry to uh, to point that finger at you. My answer was that would be yes and no. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it, and two, you're robbing them of their their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to vote. And welcome to another edition of the Municipals. I am Matthew. And I'm Philip. And today we're going to talk about a lot of things, but we're going to start off with something that's really pissing me off. I got to get it off my chest. I apologize if I'm going to, well, fuck it, because I'm going to offend people. Uh, I've already made my peace with that. And I accept that. So y'all are just going to have to bear with me for a moment. Phil, over the weekend, or no, it was last week, because over the weekend I was busy. But last week after we recorded, I made a fucking mistake. Would you like to know what it was? Matthew, I always, we are humble servants, and I only wish to hear all of your mistakes. So I, I recently got a new phone, and one of the apps on my phone is TikTok. And um, I hadn't really been paying too much attention to it because I seem to be locked out of my uh, my original account. So it's just one of the ones where you just go on and watch videos, but but you can't interact because technically you're you're outside of your account anyway. So I was watching videos, and I came across a video. Let me give you some context. So actually, I don't know where to fucking start. Um, the video I'm referring to is a video. It's a clip of a show. It's called The Doctors. And so I guess there's a male doctor. I don't know what his name is. Don't ask me. There's a female doctor. They could be married for all I know. I don't know. Uh, and Dr. Phil was actually a guest star on this particular clip. And there's a lady sitting in the middle and she's uh, wearing sunglasses. And the clip starts with, are you comfortable that you blinded yourself? So let me tell you what happened. Apparently, this woman, I don't know if it's just in the last couple of years to get on the train with everyone changing everything they don't like about themselves. Or if she actually legitimately felt this way her whole life, which I don't believe. She blinded herself with cleaning fucking fluid irreversible <laughs> I, I, <laughs> sorry <It's, laughs> i know i know this is this is serious but it also it's it's ridiculous it is ridiculous so i don't know if you had a chance to see the clip i'm talking did i send it to you you didn't send it to me but matthew to be honest i I know what you're talking about. I feel like, I think this is a few years old, actually. No. I don't think it's a brand new thing. Well, well, then we're just hearing about it. So, so this woman, the, the woman doctor on the show was sitting next to the woman who blinded herself. And she's like, you know what? I got to be honest. I'm even uncomfortable sitting here next to you or, or whatever word. She, I can't remember exactly what she said. And then she's like, how did you know you wanted to be blind? And she's like, well, I always felt blind. So I decided to make myself blind. And, and she's like, 
I'm very happy now. The only way, the only thing I regret is the way that I did it. I would have done it differently, but I'm very happy being blind. And she's like, you know, I aspire or I want to identify as the queen of England, but you don't see me going out and, and trying to be the queen of England. Um, I think the proper, <laughs> I guess we have to be political. The proper term is transabled. Now, this is getting ridiculous. Okay, listen, listen. Honestly, I'm not trying to be offensive. I really, really am not. I have all I, I try to give as much space to the trans community. I really do. But this is where it gets stupid, and I'm gonna call it out. And if you don't like what I'm about to say, then change the channel. Transabled? Are you kidding me? So there's another story of a guy who said, I feel like an amputee, and he cut off his arm. I take great offense to these, what should be mental fucking patients. They all should be in the mental ward. I swear to God. I take great offense to perfectly healthy people, not unlike you and me, Philip, who wake up one day and say, well, I always felt like I should be disabled, so I'm just going to go and fucking disable myself. I take great offense to that as the parent of someone who is actually fucking disabled. Not to mention, you know, I'm sure you have friends from the 90s. I have friends from the 90s. One particular friend in, qu in question, I actually watched her try to kill herself. Try to commit, which is committing physical harm to your own body. And you know what the hospital did? They tied her to a bed for 72 hours to prevent her from doing it. Now we have things like MAID, which is another topic for another day. But we have people fucking blinding themselves, cutting off their own fucking arms. I'm sure legs are next. What's next? Someone's going to cut off their ear? Like... Jump in, Philip, because I, I got to say, I I know it, what I'm, it sounds funny, but I'm actually, you know, I'm serious and I'm angry and I'm pissed off and I'm offended. And I got to tell you, like you and I, you know, we know each other, but you have no idea how hard it is to offend me. It's very hard. I don't get offended very often. And honestly, this caught me. By surprise. So I'd love to hear so what you have to I, think because I'm really pissed off. I I do feel like I have a a sort of uh, cascading thought here, and it's it's interesting. My my big thought is that as as a proponent, that's when you support something, right? As opposed to an opponent, as a proponent, you're in favor of something. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think we should be conflating um, this with like transgendered people because it's, it's not, it's not going to be the people who <laughs> talk about uh, gender dysphoria who are are the people blinding themselves. I, I feel like when they, when they make that label, when they, when these people say to you. I am transabled. You have to respect me. I feel like they're taking the transgender uh, movement and saying, well, if you're doing that, 
then you have to respect this, even though they're not the same. It's the same thing as um, a few years back, there was a, and I, I really sh- probably should have looked up a few more details, someone named Rachel Dolezal in the United States. Um, she claimed to be, she claimed to be African-American. She's very white, super white. And then that, so that brought up this whole like transracial thing, which is also as, as terrible as it sounds, when I say, when I say something is, is not a real thing, that's not me saying that these things aren't happening. Like what you're talking about. If I say transabled isn't a real thing, that's not me saying the story you're talking about didn't happen. I 100% believe there is someone stupid enough to to want to make themselves the main character of the universe by blinding themselves. That's stupid. That's beyond stupid. Well, uh, at the same time, as as you said it, I think it's also it's probably good to look at it through like a, a mental illness lens because no, I want to say no. No person who is, let's say, chemically balanced is going to blind themselves. I, I think I think that might be fair to say. That's extremely fair to say. But this is what happens. And, and to, to tie it back into politics for a second, this is what happens when you underfund health care. The first thing that goes in health care is almost always mental health supports what the fuck are we doing so so we're driving the people crazy or sorry correction the government is driving the people crazy enough to start and and not just the ontario government by the way fuck doug ford um (laughs) governments all over the world all of them even the united states fuck joe biden sorry i don't like anyone I, i don't like trump either I, I, I hate everyone equally, equally. I don't like any of them. That's why independence. What do you mean? Joe Biden be, puts on the sunglasses and he's cool. Everyone, everyone should be. He's too old to be doing. He's too old to be doing the sunglasses. Joe Biden, it's fine for you to be a rickety old man. Just be grandpa. It's fine. You it's, don't wear the sunglasses. That's why everyone should be independent. But I take serious offense to this based on the fact that my daughter like other people who are disabled, they can't choose to suddenly become undisabled or healed or whatever word you want to use. Much like a perfectly healthy person, such as you or I, can just choose one day to disable themselves. It's disgusting, and all these people that want to harm themselves belong in the mental ward, the mental institution. And that's all I got to say about that. Can we change the fucking subjects? Hell yeah. I'm I'm good for that. <laughs> Let's talk about the number. The number, Philip. By the way, okay. for, our, for our listeners, we do have an interview uh, with uh, prominent candidate Giorgio Mammoliti. We're going to be playing it a little bit later. We just got some uh, some business to, to handle, and then we'll play that interview. But uh, let's talk about that number. 102. May 12th came and went. Beauty. My prediction did not come true. Ooh, what was your prediction? That John Tory would show up at City Hall at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and register. Thank God. 
that didn't happen. I think there was a point where I it occurred to me that that was a possibility, and I was like, we got three days until this shit closes down. Get Stay the fuck away. Okay, so one number that's important, 102 candidates. I'm going to give you a couple more important numbers. Actually, you gave us an important number just now. Zero John Tories. That's important. Yes, it is. No John Tories. Hell yeah. Now, um, and this is, uh, people are sort of speculating based on the polls for the the more prominent front runners of who might, who might drop out and maybe coalesce behind other candidates. And my running theory was, of those more prominent ones, I mean like um, Anna Bailao, Mark Saunders, uh, Josh Matlow, Bradford, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, some people were wondering if any of those people would drop out and coalesce behind another candidate of their political aisle. And my theory was, I don't think any of them, I think they all have too big of an ego to drop out and do that. And I would like to say, uh, as far as I can tell, I'm correct. Zero prominent dropouts. Which I called Mitzi Hunter, but two days before the deadline on Wednesday, she officially resigned her seat. So that's good for her. If it doesn't and work, her polling numbers are going up, which is you know very good for her. However, if it doesn't work out for her, perhaps she could run federally for the Liberals. Um, but I'd like to see it work out for her, possibly. Anyway, I've got another number for you oh, before please. we continue. One. Dog running for mayor. Molly the dog. That's, I'm sorry. I'm about to offend some more people. That's the most. You, you're going to offend me. You're going to offend me right now. Don't you continue your slander <laughs> of Molly the fucking dog. My new best friend. That is the most. Perfect mayor of the city. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so. Let's can there's we there's no rule that on. says a dog can't be mayor. Can we go down this hypothetical rules? Can we can we go down this yeah, hypothetical sorry. path for a minute? Let's for for fun, let's say this person wins. So that means he's not technically who's the mayor? Because he's the recipient, right? Or he's the registrant. Um, but does that mean he's gotta consult with the dog? Hey dog, well, how do we fix the TTC? Ruff, 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 ruff. Perfect. We got it. We got the sound bite. Nailed it. TTC saved. You know, I think your question, I think, is probably correct. I, I think the guy who signed him up, I, I think his last name is um, uh, Heap or something. Toby Heap? It, it's... Um, we'll get to obviously it. Obviously, it's we're, not... We're, a, we're, it's, not it's not a... <laughs> we'll get to it. We're going to oh, play we Survivor. We should reach out for them. We should definitely reach out to them for an interview. I want to talk about Molly the dog. I'm not serious about Molly winning, but I love it. I love the image of it. And it's it's insulting to our democracy in the funniest way possible. I agree. Um, <laughs> all right. So continuing from last week, do you, do you have that list in front of you? Because I remember I said I wasn't going to fucking remember it, and I don't. Oh, no. Did I? Oh, listicle. I got it. Amazing. Perfect. I say so. It. Sorry, I. No one can see the video footage of me being excited that I found this. I really assumed that I just deleted it. So I was thinking 
tonight we could elim- or I could eliminate I could vote off 20 registrants um you'd let me know if they're already voted off sounds good here we go I'm gonna vote off Blake Acton he's not a ser- yeah. he's not a serious candidate he's got no information he likes to live on Twitter or in his own world and uh and that's enough about him dude sucks I'd like to vote off Ben Bankus because he's a comedian and he's just doing it as a, a stunt or that's what I believe. Prove me wrong. He's got all, he also has no information. So uh, he's gone. I would like to vote off the Island, a uh, Mr. Brad Bradford. Oh, he some cannot, thoughts here. See you, sir. He cannot be taken if he is taken seriously as a candidate, it's going to be bad for Toronto. He is willing to do or say whatever he has to to promote Brad Bradford. He's not interested in promoting the Ontario government, the federal government, or even City Hall. He's interested in promoting Brad Bradford. So he's going to say, if he has to speak through a conservative lens, that's fine, as long as it suits Brad Bradford. If he has to speak through an NDP lens, that's fine, as long as it suits Brad Bradford. And the same thing for liberal. And I could go on and on and on and on, but I'm not going to. I'm very excited that you brought this up, especially because that is exactly my read on on Brad Bradford. When he was running for city council, his his modus operandi was progressiveness, progressive values, bike lanes. Uh, he even had a stint of defunding the police before, you know, he tried to use that as a weapon against Councillor Bravo in February, you know, prior to his mayoral run. And now that he's doing his mayoral run, it's all cars, it's cops. It's it's just it's it's the, the sense I get from Brad Bradford is that his interest is Again, as you said, not necessarily in the positions he was running for, but for power itself. And I, I feel like he just comes off as um, opportunistic and insincere. That's that's my read on Brad Bradford. If there's a universe where Bradford comes on here and talks to us, I would love to have an opportunity to ask him about, you know, the flip-floppiness, but... And I would give him a lot of respect if he actually did come on here and talk to us. But, um, yeah, I just I see Bradford as someone who's just in it for power. Couldn't have said it better myself. Okay, uh, I'm going to vote off the island. Unfortunately, former municipal's guest Isabella Gamp. Um. I think that she is fighting a good fight, but I think it's not the fight for the mayor's chair that she's fighting. And right now, unfortunately, she's just serving as a distraction. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. Isabella, you know, we love you. You're welcome on the show anytime. And if we can do anything to help you fight Doug Ford, we're in it. Um, But I don't think that you're serious about the mayor's chair. I'm sorry. <coughs> um, I'd like to vote off Philip De Cruz. Um, he's a great Phil, guy. Oh, sorry, I'm Phil Squared. Uh, I forgot Phil the first, first Phil. Yes, 
he's a great guy. Um, unfortunately, he's not getting the media attention that he needs. Uh, he's being ridiculously hounded by a Twitter troll, and I think that he is distracted. Again, I don't mean any offense, and I'm sorry, Phil, but uh, we have a job to do here. Okay, moving along. What am I at? So we've got five from today. Okay. So can you look on the list and tell me if Atif Ali is on there? A-T-E-F, and then last name is A-L-Y from last week. Nope. Okay, we'll put him on there. No information. (laughs) He's voted off the island. It's going to be really quick because there's a lot of those, and I gave them the benefit of the doubt last week, but not this week. Uh, Dion Sios Apostolopoulos. I apologize for butchering that name. No information. Um, eliminated. Voted off the island. Okay. Elazar Bania voted off the island. No information. Brian Buffy voted off the island. No information. You know, at this point, it really does seem like it's it's inexcusable. If your actual interest is running to be mayor of the city <clears throat> and it's registration deadline and you've got nothing, like what what's the point of even putting in your name? What's the point of like doing all the paperwork? Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Phil. You you ran. So do you submit all that stuff the first day, or do you have a portal you can go in and and if you have new information, you can enter it in? Oh, they um no, that first day you don't have to have the information ready. They have a portal that you can log in and add that stuff. I I just think if you know they tell and they tell they they tell you about that, right? They tell you about the portal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All that information is readily available and given to candidates. Um, so I just, I, I think people just thought, I really don't know what people thought. I, as someone who chose to rant because they saw an issue and wanted to do something about it, I, I don't understand this running for the sake of running that seems to be happening with a bunch of these people. I honestly think it's just to see their name. I, I'm sorry, but it's true. Okay, getting back to it. Uh, Mason Carey, no information, eliminated. All right, we've done 10 today, and you you want to do 20. Yeah. Because, all right, halfway through. All right. Danny Chevrolet Romero, no information, voted off the island. Logan Choi, no information, except a YouTube link, voted off the <laughs> island. Phil Collins, no, not the singer. Uh, no information, voted off the island. Samson Deb, did I get him last week? No information, voted off the island. Nope, still all new. Okay, add him. Monica Forrester, no information, although I love the name. Uh, <laughs> Voted off the island. Scott Furnival. No information. Voted off the island. 
last week, did we get someone named Zio Hua Gong? Uh, I'm going to say nope. Uh, I reached out to this person, did not get a response. Doesn't appear to be a serious candidate. Voted off the island. What are we at now? We need three more. Three more. Okay. Three more. I'll leave your dog lover alone. Thank this, you. This week. Molly is coming for the top seat. <laughs> you know, uh, in the tweet that I shared with you, at the end of it, it included a, a bit that's like, this is not uh, an official CBC endorsement. I want to call out the CBC for being cowards. Endorse Molly the dog, you cowards. Um, <clears throat> Sheila Egoden. No information. Voted off the island. Daniel Imara. Imara. Or something. I butchered that. No information. Voted off the island. One left. All right, who's our final our final uh kickoff? <sighs> I'm gonna vote off Mark Saunders. Fuck yeah. He doesn't appear to he's he's do you know why John Tory didn't register? Because we already have John Tory. It's Mark Saunders. He doesn't want to debate there is a debate happening as we are recording as we are speaking there is a debate going on brought by the daily bread food bank daily food bank yeah and he he was invited mark saunders and he said no now i've heard through the grapevine that he's already on his third campaign manager, but that was a little while ago. He could be on his fourth or fifth. There's problems in the campaign. Ooh. I don't know what's going on. I, I honestly, I don't care because I don't, I honestly, uh, listen, honestly, we don't, that's some spicy stuff. I haven't, I haven't heard any of that, but that's we, exciting to me. We don't have to be, we, we, we strive to be fair, but we do not have to be impartial. I don't want Mark Saunders as the mayor. And it's not because, you know, of any, before the left comes at me, <laughs> I'm not talking about you. Matthew, Matthew, no one, simply, listen, no one's going to accuse you of saying you don't want Mark Saunders to be mayor because he's black. Not a single person is going to accuse you of that. I think universally we all agree Mark Saunders is bad. But I prefer to judge him on his job or lack thereof. And let's let's ever <laughs> all the complaints, all the complaints that we have about John Tory, the same shit can be said about Mark Saunders because during the bulk of John Tory's reign, Mark Saunders was the police chief. Crime went yep. up every year. The police budget went up every year. So Mark Saunders was getting more money and more money and more money and more money, but the crime rate was going up. Not to mention his blunder, whatever you want to call it. So I'm going to call it a blunder with the whole Bruce MacArthur thing. <laughs> and, and and I'm not blaming Mark Saunders, but we had two attacks on our city that 
Toronto's really never seen. And I, of course, I'm referring to the oh, van, the, the van incel attack, van attack, the van attack, and the drive the gunshots on Danforth. Yeah. When do you know that kind of shit to ever happen in Toronto? And then you pair it with the serial killer. And those three things happened when Mark Saunders was the police chief. If he's that good at being the police chief, imagine how good he can be as the fucking mayor. <laughs> excellently put. Very excellently put. Um, I would just like to remind everyone who's listening uh, that during the Bruce MacArthur, you know, serial killer thing, a lot of people in, you know, the LGBT community, they were concerned that something was going on. These people were going missing. And Mark Saunders, uh, you know, after all was said and done, blamed the community for not being more forthcoming. Like, you're the you're the police chief. Your job is to do the police. Some might call that gaslighting. Uh, I think uh, you're correct. Some people might call it gaslighting, but Mark Saunders will tell you that it's truth talking. Okay. You know what? We are going to go to our interview and then we're going to come back and we'll see you guys on the other side. And we're back with uh, prominent 2023 mayoral candidate Giorgio Mammoliti joining us. Welcome to the show, Giorgio. Thank you very much. How are you? We are we are fine. We are great. We are happy to have you on the show. Um, real quick, because I know time's an issue, I'd love to know uh, what basically your baseline plan and things that you want to see change um, if you are, you know, if you take the mayor's chair. Well, we really believe we're going to take the mayor's chair, uh, number one, and we're going to do it with a platform that uh, really relays to everybody in their living rooms and dining rooms and kitchens. And uh, uh, for me, it's about safety. People are feeling unsafe. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm categorizing Toronto as a, uh, a woke Gotham right now. It's uh, a, a place where it's a, a free-for-all for people to to do damage to people, to hurt them, to to, to intimidate them, um, uh, to kill them, to stab them. Yesterday we had another stabbing uh, to, uh, and another death. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, people are unsafe. And so for me, it's about bringing back law and order, uh, bringing back uh, morality, uh, bringing back... Um, civility on the streets, making sure that the TTC is covered with its own uh, uh, police division uh, inside of the, the subways and, and our and our buses, uh, just like New York and Vancouver do. Uh, it, it, it's about getting rid of uh, all of the, the, um, the hidden um, woke uh, infrastructure that was created uh, during COVID. Uh, things like bicycle lanes all over the place. Uh, uh, it's created havoc itself, uh, traffic. Uh, so it, it, for me, it's bringing things back, making people understand that there's a, uh, a municipal uh, mayoral candidate that is going to get rid of all of the things that have made our streets unsafe. Uh, and, and that for me is really, really important. And then there's uh, there are other things that people are talking about. 
from the woke movement uh, that that seem to have gotten their way, and 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 those are things like uh, who reads to them in libraries, and and at the end of the day, I'm the only candidate that's going to take this on and say that it's just not right that uh, somebody who uh, is a man who dresses like a woman. Uh, should be allowed to uh, get closer to our kids without without our, our, our parents knowing in our libraries uh, and reading to them. Uh, we all know what that means, and I will get rid of those policies. There's a man and a woman in society, and there's nothing in between. And I also saw, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you intend to also bring back the school resource officer as well, correct? Not only school resource officers, I think, uh, you know, we need to do a better job of, of, of making people feel comfortable, not just safe. And, and be it the subways or be it our schools or be it any, anything that the, the, the city might own, uh, we need to make sure that, um, that customer service uh, has to be at its best. And one of the things I also would like to do with the police department uh, is bring back the level of funding that would allow police officers to investigate any home uh, break-ins, any garage break-ins, any break-ins to cars on the driveways, the way we used to do it. Uh, it. It makes people feel more comfortable knowing that there's a report being taken and that the police do care. Uh, about what happens in people's homes. People are not feeling safe in their own homes now as well. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Philip, do you have a question for Giorgio? Uh, I feel like I, I could uh, I could sum it up a few. I do, I, I wanted to start with one, and I realized that was a, a weird question, a weird way to phrase that. Um, starting with the idea of safety while wanting to take away uh, cycling, cycling infrastructure is, you know, a big part of that is physical safety between vulnerable road users and, and motorists. And there's data that shows that, you know, uh, incidents of, of collisions go down with the cycling infrastructure. So, um, I do want to ask, like, there is, there's a purpose to this stuff beyond, I want to say, you know, woke ideology. Um, but I, I, it's just, uh, you know, there, is, there has been a lot of consultations. It hasn't just, you know, gone up out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Well, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say to you that, um, there hasn't been much dialogue during COVID. In fact, there's been no consultation at all during COVID. And during COVID, uh, the city, uh, built a hundred kilometers of, uh, cycle lanes uh, uh, shared by cars on streets without the community's knowledge or knowing that they would do it. It was uh, literally put up overnight uh, at the cost of hundreds of millions of dollars. So I want uh, consultation to be a part of all of that. In other words, anything that's been built uh, during COVID without that consultation, we're going to go back to the drawing board and we're going to ask those communities whether or not they like them and whether or not they should stay. And if they say they don't like them, then I will take them out. But that doesn't mean that I won't have a plan in place to build uh, lanes across the city. I just don't believe they should be on the roads. 
I believe this should they should be off of the roads and safer for those that have the the bicycles and choose to ride down downtown with their bicycles. So they have to have an option. I, I'm going to give them that option, and I know they want it off the road, and that's what we should be doing. Even if we have to expropriate land to do those types of ventures, I think that we need a master plan that gets us to where we want without them being on the streets and without it being dangerous. It is dangerous on the streets. And we're losing sight of the amount of, of dollars that are being lost uh, in those mom and pop shops uh, after we got rid of the parking for the for these uh, for these cycle lanes as well. Duke, uh, Danforth is a prime example of that. Brewer Street, uh, I can't tell you how many people are still crying about that. Uh, and so we have to come to bat for them and say we care about the economy as well, right? But I, I'm not completely against the um, cyclists. Uh, those that want to ride the bikes, I'm sure, are looking for a safe mechanism where they can do it off the roads as well. So th that's what I'd like to bring forward, a real plan that gets it done with with dollars that that will get it done as well and not these make, makeshift a third world looking kind of concepts that we have on our streets right now. Giorgio, I'm just, <clears throat> I, I want to ask about the police budget. You know, your friend, your, your late friend, Rob Ford, and you know, he was kind of my, I'll say my political idol. Um, you have to go all the way back to his mayoral reign to find a mayor that's willing to look at the police budget for efficiencies. Even though we, Obviously, we need a stronger presence uh, because of the violence. Is is looking for efficiencies? Is that on your? I mean, is that on your to do list specifically in regards to the police budget? Yeah, I think I think it's really clear. I think I, I, you know I, when I made my initial announcement, I did say that the first thing I would do is an audit, uh, a line by line forensic audit of the books. Uh, bring some uh, a third party auditor that, uh, that doesn't do business with uh, the city of Toronto already uh, so that we get an honest approach to, uh, uh, to to finding the dollars that we need to reshuffle. And I think the word reshuffle is the best term I could use because I truly believe that we could find a couple of billion dollars here that would help us uh, relocate money into areas that we need them the most, like policing. And yes, of course, we've got to look at our own uh, internal budgets with the police to see what else we could uh, we could we could find that doesn't uh, jeopardize uh, people's safety uh, on the streets. Community policing is important to me. I'm going to bring that back. I'm going to give the tools back to the police department uh, that were lost to them a number of years ago. You'll know that uh, when the tools were taken away uh, by Chief Saunders, I might add, um, uh, those. The, the, the amounts of crime that uh, that that, that, that uh, leveled some of the communities almost immediately uh, was real, and uh, it hasn't stopped. And, and crime has gone up ever since. So bringing back those those dollars to the police is really key for me uh, in in achieving two things: uh, one, um, safe streets. And two, uh, trust amongst officers again. Uh, people are, are now afraid of officers, and they shouldn't be. Uh, and officers should have the tools as well to to prevent um, uh, incidents from happening around the city. And they don't have enough dollars for that either. 
So reshuffling is important to me, yes. Go ahead, Philip, if you have a question. I think uh, at this point, Giorgio, I, I think you may have noticed uh, our two political ends uh, of the spectrum here when, when me and Matthew ask questions. Um, so, you know, the police, they really haven't been defunded. Their, their funds have only every year, they've gone up. Uh, they've, their budget has continued to increase. It's one of the largest single items on the Toronto budget, budget line. So it, I, I wonder if it's more of an issue of of the officers themselves, or, and, and I guess I'm asking what specific tools, um, what specific tools do you think they need to, um, to accomplish their job? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be reluctant to use the word carding because it's brought, it, it brings it right into a spectrum I don't want to get into. That's a political, uh, that's, very popular that, that's a political tool that, that was used to, to hurt those of us, uh, that, that, want the, the police to be using intelligence uh, I want to bring that intelligence back uh, and, and I want them to be able to share with each other uh, uh, you know what where uh, people might be that are going to be causing problems I mean that 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 solved many problems to begin with it got it got politicized with uh, with chief Saunders he, he politicized the whole thing before he got rid of it right and at the end of the day um, uh, you know, I, I could give you a hundred examples, in, in, at least in Jane and Finch, where uh, everybody started uh, filtering out onto the streets, not having to worry about anything. I don't know if you guys know this, but, uh, you know, when it comes to safe injection sites, for instance, right, um, uh, we, we claim that we're doing a really good job of safe injection sites. I'm getting rid of them, by the way, all nine of them, and replacing them with 12-step programs as part of the safety plan. Uh, we need to treat people and not send them out to the to sidewalks to die, and that's what they're doing right now. Um, but did you know, for instance, that the federal government passed a law that said that any um, in, any municipal um, governments that take on uh, the money associated to these programs uh, means that officers will be instructed by law not to make any arrests at all. I mean, I bet you didn't know that. And the reason you didn't know that is because it's the best kept secret around these safe injection sites, right? Uh, uh, people that are dealers uh, are getting away with selling dope illegally uh, on our street as long as they're carrying 2.5 milligrams on their, on their body. Uh, and the police, because carding was taken away, police cannot uh, follow uh, the dealer to his his or her stash, uh, in which they're they're grabbing to go resell on the streets. That's why we need the intelligence. These are the reasons why. And there was a few bad apples that uh, I think used it uh, to target, and that was wrong. But we have to deal with them as well. But I'm going to bring back the tools that they need to be able to uh, prevent. Uh, and uh, arrest if necessary. I, I got to ask, since you brought it up, you know, <clears throat> like you, I, I, I'm I'm firmly against the safe injection sites. Um, I had a brother who drug who died of a drug overdose in Seton House uh, a few years ago. Um, I'm just wondering if you want to comment on 
um, on what transpired at the Willowdale Manor. Uh, we did cover it on a previous episode. So, as you know, uh, the Willowdale Manor is a wonderful, a wonderful place uh, for seniors to be living. Um, I'm very impressed with the management of it and and uh, the seniors that live in it. And I've had an opportunity over the last little while to get to know some of them because they are as concerned as anyone else would be, uh, knowing that they want to build um, some homes, uh, some uh, modular kind of, it's almost like a modular trailer park kind of concept uh, in front of, like right on the lawn of, of, of the senior's home where they typically walk and enjoy the, the green space and, uh, you know, want to sit down and, and kind of enjoy themselves. That's going to be taken away now uh, by this real boneheaded move uh, during COVID, I might add, uh, by John Fillion, who was the, the counselor there, to, uh, to put these, um, these new homes uh, on, that, on that green space. And these new homes will be given to those that have addictions uh, and you will see a safe injection site uh, on the lawn of the, of the seniors' home. It has to be the stupidest thing I've ever seen in the world. Uh, and they defend it. And when uh, I went to a public meeting the other day uh, to try and be the voice for the seniors who invited me to the meeting, uh, city officials were actually, actually uh, used their bodies to try and stop me from going in. Uh, they assaulted me. And uh, that's how bad things are getting. People don't want to hear the other side of the equation in life. Uh, woke uh, is uh, has created a, a, a very mean uh, type of person that will do anything uh, to stop a voice from debating uh, the other side of the equation. And, and so that, that played out on video. People see it. And uh, I'm going to do everything I can uh, right now to stop it. But uh, when I become the mayor, that, that particular project will end. Uh, I will stop it. It's just not right. Go ahead, Philip. You're up. You know, um, I, I do have like a, a housing-based question that I'll ask. But what's interesting about this, this Willowdale situation, um, what I find interesting about the Willowdale situation is that from my understanding, uh, Lily Chang, specifically, sorry, Councillor Chang, specifically, is also against this modular development. So I do find it weird that um, they felt the need to keep you, you, um, Anthony Fury, I can't remember who else is there, but like it, it seems weird that you guys were kicked out because my understanding is it, it wasn't really about um, restricting opposing views. Because I thought they were on the same side. Um, well, then what, were, what, what would you call it? Um, you know, if if it, I mean, when when I when they arrived, it was oh, no, her. No, no. George, it was a I think I think you're you're misunderstanding my point. I'm not. I'm I'm saying it's all weird because we saw what happened on camera. Like there's there's no doubt that what happened happened. I just I find it so confusing that they were wanting to. I I see it. I'm, I'm wondering if there's a, a, a reason that wasn't about opposing viewpoints because my understanding is Councillor Chang is also not supportive of this bunch of happening. Actually, uh, from, from I, 
I mean, I, I stayed in the meeting. I would not leave. They actually called the police. She called the police on me. Uh, and and uh, the police even said that uh, that I have the right to stay. And and they also said that if I wanted to press charges against her assistant, that, that she was at fault for, for hitting me. Um, I stayed and I listened. And, and her language uh, was one of uh, uh, wonder. Um, I wonder whether or not she supports it because she she was making comments about uh, how she may not be able to stop it. Uh, and um, the seniors wanted a vote that, that day, uh, and she was refusing to call a vote. She chaired the meeting, uh, and it was her meeting. And uh, she, she refused to call a vote. So, of course, I, I, I helped the seniors kind of on the floor uh, asking for a vote on this matter, and, and they won it at the end of the day because they demanded it. Uh, and and it, it, you know it was her meeting. So you tell me, when someone really wants to get rid of something, are you going to put the item at the last part of the agenda and talk uh, about everything else under the sun uh, that would take three hours to talk about with a group of seniors who get very tired? It was a hot room, uh, and they refused to talk about the issue that all of them were there for. They put it at the bottom of the agenda. And, you know, that's, and a good, that's a good point. I, I really, I just, I was always under the impression that Lily Chang was against this modular development at Willowdale. I, I believe that she is actually in favor of it, and I believe that she will use the terms, it's too late, we can't do anything about it. Uh, and I believe that the bureaucrats have talked her into keeping it. She ran in the last election saying she would get rid of it. She hasn't gotten rid of anything. It's, it's alive and well. And what she has to be telling people is, I am going to get rid of this. I'm going to do everything in my power to convince council uh, to get rid of it. Now, I, you know, as a mayor, I'll have stronger mayoral powers. So I'm, I promised all of them that I would get rid of it with those powers. And I will. Because it was the wrong decision. You don't put, you don't put um, drug, uh, modular drug dens, uh, right in the front of a senior's home and on their front lawn. It, it is like uh, the worst thing that you could possibly do. Those those that get high will end up trying to break into the seniors' homes, the apartments. It's going to happen, right? And you just, you, you just, you just wonder what these bureaucrats are up to. That's that's why I like the work, the, the word woke, because I think there's bureaucrats that are a part of that movement and and who are, are trying to create chaos in society. Uh, and this is a part of it, right? I'm going to fight it tooth and nail. I will. Giorgio, um, I, I noticed that previously you made statements about. Um, wanting to fire Eileen uh, um, Davila um, because of her mismanagement of the the health file, and I, I'd love to get a comment on that. But as well, would you consider the same fate for uh, TTC CEO Rick Leary because of his mismanagement of the TTC? Let me say this to you: uh, uh, any bureaucrat uh, who is in charge of a department. Or a file uh, that 
that has given uh, counsel the wrong uh, the wrong opinions and has tried to influence counsel's decision on 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 anything that has made our streets unsafe will be fired. She's the first one I mentioned because uh, she has been an advocate of, of bringing forward a system, uh, mimicking a system from Vancouver uh, to Toronto uh, in an attempt to uh, create more bu bureaucratic positions, in my opinion, all making over $200,000 a year uh, to, to watch someone take drugs in front of them. Uh, it didn't work in Vancouver. It's not working here. It was the wrong, uh, it was just the wrong advice to give, uh, uh, to give the politicians. Uh, and for me, those that have given the wrong advice, uh, around public safety issues, uh, will be fired. And, and the TTC, uh, uh, the TTC head is also on the list because I believe that he had an opportunity to be listening uh, to his union, who has made it very clear that these things, they were concerned about them and nobody was dealing with them. And instead, he created a top-heavy uh, TTC system and, and did not deal with the rank-and-file kind of complaints that, that have led, that, help, that have helped let lead this this unsafe transit system that people are, are really concerned about right now so yes uh he's gone as well and there'll be others that that if they give us the wrong opinions and that led to unsafe streets uh they they may as well hand in their resignations because I'll, I'll i'll fire them as well philip you're up okay um I, I do want to connect this, not really directly to the Willowdale Manor situation, um, because I understand, like, the concerns that you're bringing up in terms of, like, the seniors' concern for their safety. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to connect this to a bigger point of, you know, we're in a, we're in a housing crisis, we're in a homelessness crisis. Um, it, it sort of feels like it's a situation where, again, as I said, the... The opposition to the Willowdale particular makes sense. You know, your point, I, I hear them. I, I feel like the opposition to kind of making more permanent uh, housing solutions for homeless people are are going to be objected to, really, you know, you know, by a lot of people, not in my backyard, that sort of thing. But we, I feel like it's important that we, we do make this housing available people and I, I was wondering if if you had any plans in terms of in yeah, terms of housing I, in general i do I, I keep in mind i wrote the affordable housing plan the first 10-year affordable housing plan in north america america was written by myself uh it, and and it's housing is housing opportunities toronto is what it's called and we have not tapped into that at all uh with respect to what our policies that were adopted by council allow us to do. So I, I need to mention that to you because I'm, I'm well aware of the file. I, I wrote the policy uh, and I'm going to tap into that policy once I'm the mayor again to create affordable housing. And when it comes to this particular case, uh, you know, and I, I, I'm going to add one more thing to you. I wrote the, the, um, uh, 
the policy that became law uh, in the provincial government in 1991 when I was a member of provincial parliament and that's and that was how to deal with drug addiction and how to treat drug addiction in the province of Ontario back in the early 90s and and that's what led uh, to us bringing forward a concept that, that has health uh, front and center uh, it's a health issue back then it was something that was reported out to the minister of tourism believe it or not so i do know what i'm talking about with respect to uh, drug addiction and how to treat and that's why i believe in the 12-step programs and that's why i believe that we can bring in true partners that can help uh, those that that, uh, that have a substance abuse and mental uh, health uh, issues uh, right away and and it's called transitional housing it's not called drug dens it's not called here you go here's your needles let's be safe we're going to watch you uh, take it uh, and encourage them to take drugs it, it will be a system that will be put in place that will any any one of them that feel that they need help and they I believe they all do uh, will have a, an option uh, in a transitional home so I will eliminate gradually shelters uh, that are used primarily for homeless people uh, with transitional housing. That's not that's not going to help. Uh, take, that's not going to take every homeless person off the streets immediately, but it will find mechanisms to uh, to help hundreds, if not thousands, of them um, by by building out uh, transitional housing. Now, I'm assuming you know what transitional housing is. Transitional housing is like a, a form. Housing? It's 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 a better than than halfway houses. They they have all the professionals inside the home. The client, oh, in this case, would be a homeless person who may have an addiction. Uh, will get their own room. Uh, will stay there as long as it takes for them to be assessed. They they'll be assessed mentally. They'll be assessed with the with the uh, addiction issue that they might have uh and they will be brought through uh a, a number of, of professionals psychologists psychiatrists all the all that work out of that, that particular facility and they're small facilities not not institutions and and i've built two of them already uh and they work and we should be dealing with our homeless issue with transitional housing uh, what happens at the end of it, uh, they come in at, uh, in a in very rough shape, as you know, and they leave with a job with, uh, with, with showering every day. And, and, and I think that that is more meaningful to any human being than sending them out to the streets and, uh, with drugs to die. Uh, so I, that's the approach I'm going to be taking is uh, transitional housing. It's very expensive. And that's why we need the private sector to help us with these ventures as well. Giorgio, I'm just aware of our time, and so I'd love to give you the floor to tell our listeners, um, which are, we're very big in Ontario, um, you know, why, why they should vote for you and, and uh, why they should vote for a, a Mammoliti, uh, a Mayor Mammoliti government. And uh, if you have a website, let us know it and... Uh, it yeah, floors, the floor is uh, yours. You know, I, I, I think that most people that are running um, don't, 
don't have the experience to take take over the reins. We we need a mayor that knows what they're doing, that knows the background, knows the 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 knows the the, the bureaucrats, that know that knows what they're up to, uh, that can challenge them uh, at every point, uh, and that can read uh, the agendas properly. Uh, most of the people that are running uh, will, will be training for the next three years and will be governed by those bureaucrats. Uh, you need somebody like me that's going to take the reins and make those tough decisions to clean up our streets and not take what the bureaucrats necessarily push down our throats. Um, and, uh, you know, you're also going to need someone who isn't sponsored by lobbyists. There isn't a single one of them in my campaign. Uh, there, there, there are no developers that have given me money. I don't want them. I don't want anybody uh, that influential uh, breathing down my neck. I, I want to be able to say uh, that I'm here for the people and only for the people, uh, the taxpayers, to make the right decisions. And I'm going to tackle the tough decisions, the ones that people are afraid of. And even now, uh, you know, as much as I bring this up, people are, it's almost like they're saying, thank God somebody's talking about this, but at the same time saying, oh my God, he's really, he's really talking about it. And that's the issue of, of, uh, of transgenders pushing their ideology onto our children without the parents knowing. We have to stop these, these policies. There's uh, male and female, nothing in between. And there's only a man and woman bathroom. I, I won't allow uh, for transgenders to share bathrooms with our, 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 little, our little girls in, uh, in, in, uh, in malls and in, uh, you know, in, in city hall facilities. Like this is getting absolutely ridiculous. So somebody like me has to be put in to stop it immediately. I'm not worried about uh, the ramifications of making those decisions because I truly believe that it's right for me to move in this direction. That's why uh, I believe that they should vote for Giorgio Mammoliti at www.giorgiointo.com. Uh, uh, you can reach me with Giorgio Into uh, in every single social media outlet uh, there's, there's possible. Just tap into what we have to say every day. And I really appreciate the opportunity in talking to you guys. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming on. We wish you nothing but luck in the coming election. We'll be watching and waiting with bated breath, and we are very excited for the future of the city of Toronto. Thank you so much. You guys have a wonderful day. It's beautiful outside. Take, take a walk. Take your dog out for a walk. You know, it's beautiful. And that was Giorgio Mammoliti. Uh, it's a good interview. I do apologize if the audio is a bit off. This was a telephone interview. Um, but still, I thought it was a good interview. I, I wish it could have been longer, but we were catching him on his way to another event. So uh, we thank him for his time. What did you think of the interview? Now, I first of all, I do want to say I appreciate Giorgio talking to us. Uh, I do feel like he is a relatively bigger name in this election. You know, he's been in the political scene for, as far as I know, the last 30 years. Like, he's, yeah, he's been around he's... a long time. I I think people will probably get the impression, based on the questions I asked, I was very much in opposition to pretty much everything Giorgio said. Which is, you know, and there's nothing, I mean, okay, there's nothing wrong with that. Because, I mean, that's that's why we have elections. That's why we have, you know, this whole thing. People come and they present their ideas and 
the voters can accept or reject them. I I didn't like a lot of his ideas, but um, you know, and I'm also I'm a bit I'm not happy with how he ended it on the whole, you know, the the transgender or whatever. It's like that's you know that's that's silly stuff for a for a municipal mayor to be talking about to be worrying about, but I. I appreciate that he came and talked to us. I want to give him a shout out. You know, he was one of Rob Ford's boys. I don't, that maybe come comes off wrong, but I have said it. I said it in the interview. I'll say it right now as if you guys don't already know, but Rob Ford is my political idol was, is, and always will be. Um, he's nothing like his brother. God. Um, and Giorgio was one of his right-hand men, and they were enemies for a while before he became mayor. They became friends, and a lot, not a, I'd like to think that some of what Giorgio is presenting would be along the lines of something that Rob Ford might support. And for that, I'm eternally grateful because as big a Rob, like when Rob Ford was alive, I never was podcasting. And if I was podcasting, he would have been, I would have done anything I had to do to get an interview with him. Um, interviewing Giorgio is kind of the next best thing. And so for that, I want to thank Giorgio for coming on the show. Not everyone's going to agree with his ideas. I think he knows that. Um, but I wish him all the luck uh, come election day and and may the best man or woman win. And that's, you know. And, you know, if we had more time to, to be less on topic and more just about whatever, I would have loved to have asked him about. Uh, I would have loved to have asked him. Uh, about him being an NDP MPP because that seems so, so not what Giorgio has presented himself as right now. You know what I mean? He was part of the Bob Ray government in the 90s in Ontario. I think that's absolutely insane. So interesting, just as, especially uh, opposed to who he presented himself as now. I just, I would have loved to have asked him about it. Absolutely. And once again, thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate your time. We know your time is valuable and we wish you nothing but luck in the election. Now let's uh, move on to pressing business. We had a triple threat three day council meeting. Um, I'm sure you have some highlights you want to read off and then uh, let's pick them apart. Fuck it. Cause I got some things I didn't take notes like you did. I was going to, I was sit down, I was going to take notes and then, you know, life kind of happens and it's three days and what they're fucking nine hours each. And I'm like, I don't have enough time, but I promise our oh my audience, God. I promise our audience once this election is over and Philip and I have more time, we are going to watch each council meeting minute for minute and take notes because I want to review it like a TV show. In fact, I'm going to do some research because Again, I'm going to go back to Rob Ford for a second. When Rob Ford was mayor, correct me if I'm wrong, 
wasn't the council meetings on Rogers Cable 10? Wasn't it on TV? So You know what? Um, I wasn't paying attention to politics back then, so I, actually I'm not sure. I was. I'm pretty sure it was on Rogers Cable 10. Um, and what my question to our audience, because I don't know the answer. So to our audience, what caused it to come off Rogers Cable 10? Did that channel, I, I think it doesn't exist anymore, but is that why it's not on anymore? Because also you lost your ratings grabber because Rob Ford's not the mayor anymore. And Tory was a fucking boring person. Uh, what sucks, especially, I, I know that's, this isn't what we're talking about, but what especially sucks about boring John Tory versus, you know, the, let's call him the wily adventures of Rob Ford is, you know, the city, the idea of John Tory was that he was going to be the steady hand that guided the city through, you know, disgusting times or whatever. He just made everything worse. But he was he made everything worse while he was being boring and sterile about it. Yeah. At least you could get a soundbite or two out of Rob Ford. Rob Ford made the mayor's office, made City Hall must see TV. <laughs> Prove me wrong. Uh, it's, it's it's fun to see some of those clips again, you know? Just uh God. You know, so, here's, here's you know, what I think. Like how we knew how we knew he was eating enough at home. Like that's just amazing stuff. Here's what I think we should do uh, for my listeners. I know technically the episode's already released, but if I'm thinking, you know, I did a Rob Ford special uh, with a former co-host of mine. Maybe we should re-release it under this banner, and then you and I can offer commentary, possibly. Uh, that could be like a bonus episode where we we play the episode and then we can stop it at different points and give uh, some some commentary. I do play all his greatest hits, all the videos inside the interview. Okay, I think I want to watch that. I think I want to do that. Let's do that. All right, let's we'll have look, a round Ford episode. We'll we'll work on that. We'll release it before the election. <laughs> That'll be our election day episode. <laughs> Rob Ford <laughs> in memoriam. The other question I had for you before we start uh, reviewing what took place during these meetings. I also have interviews that I did with candidates from last year that are running again this year. Um, I have one with Sarah Kleimanheg. Of course, we've already interviewed her. I didn't know if it was worth uh, replaying her old interview. Uh, same with um, Reginald Tall, um, Philip DeCruz. Uh, I think I did one with, uh, oh yeah, there's <laughs> there's Blake Acton, but that's only if we want to, <laughs> that's only if we want to offend people because trust me when I yeah, say this, good. yeah, it's very offensive what he says. And I, and I think, I mean, I did one with Chloe Brown as well. But, I mean, we've had Chloe on the show before, so. And, I mean, I did I, I did an interview with Giorgio Mammoliti when he was running for Wasega Beach, uh, the mayor of Wasega Beach. But kind of, I guess, that one doesn't, because uh, uh, it's about Wasega Beach, right? So. Um, different issues, different different community. Correct. All right, let's get on with this meeting. And, and uh, why don't you give me the down low or the details or whatever the fuck the kids are calling it these days 
kids. Uh, I'm not even that much younger than you, Matthew. So <laughs> don't don't hold on to me to pick up on the slang. I am at that perfect age where any new slang that comes up is now foreign to me. Like I I can joke now. I can joke about you know things being no cap or whatever. I know what that means. Anything beyond that is all going to be new to me, and I'm going to be the cranky old man screaming at the clouds on my yawn. Long. So you know what I mean. About five years ago, um, I used to watch. You, you watch breakfast television? Yeah, yeah. So you know Sid Sixero. So he used to be on a sports show with Tim McAuliffe, and he's funny as shit. I love Sid Sixero. Sid, if you're listening, probably not, but whatever. Come on the show. Um, he lo- he loves to rail on Doug Ford. Oh, hey, listen, <laughs> uh, that sounds to me like, hey, Sid. We could so there we go. Two episodes, a Rob Ford in memoriam and a Doug Ford blast. <laughs> um, so anyway, my story. So he used to say uh things like uh it's on the gram. So I would turn to my then 15-year-old daughter and go, What are you doing? Are you on the gram? And she's like, What? What are you saying? I'm like, Instagram, the gram. That's what the kids are calling it, the gram. And, and you know what she said to me? I've never heard that before. Kids don't call it that. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's... Sid says the kids are calling it the ground. <laughs> so then I I, I expanded it. Hold on. it's it's It gets funnier. I expanded it. And I'm like, I'll go to her like another day and I'll be like, what, what do you do? Are you on the book of faces? And she's like, what? And I'm like, Facebook, that was, the that book of okay. faces. And she, I'm like, that's what the that's what the kids are calling it these days. And she's like, what the hell are you talking about? You make I'm no just sense. I was like, say what kids, <laughs> right? So then I, I those two were Sid Sixera, but then I came up with my own. I'm like, I'm uh, then I go to her another day, and I'm like, are you on the chat snapper? But that sounds too. That's, does that sounds sexual. I, it doesn't sound sexual. It sounds like uh, something she does on the toilet, right? And she's like, what? I'm like, Snapchat, the chat snapper. That's what the kids are calling it. And she's like, chat snapper. And she's like, Dad, shut up. <laughs> correct. Correct response. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is the correct response. I have I don't have a good one for Twitter. Uh can you think of a good one? I was thinking maybe uh the twit. Uh, <laughs> the twats. <laughs> Are you hanging out on the twats? Are you twatting your friends? Retwats? Okay. City council meeting. Okay. Thank you for getting us back on track. <laughs> so I, I do feel like the number one, at least what seems to be in my mind, the most publicized win. Because I actually do feel like this was a, a council, a council session full of wins. Um, and the biggest one is the legalization of multiplexes up to four stories. Um, where this okay, I, I feel like I'm not I'm not the housing expert, so it's hard for me to like speak on this. But my understanding is that most of the city is zoned for exclusively single family homes. Housing prices are insane, and. I know a part of, you know, bringing all that down, making it 
more sustainable financially is to build more houses. Now I did, I did make a point on, on Twitter that it's, you know, this is an obvious win, the legalization of the multiplexes, but my concern was, and continues to be, unless we just magically drop a whole horde of housing all at once to flood the market, it doesn't seem like realistically there's a way to bring housing prices down um, while we have wealthy people purchasing purchasing housing and then renting it out at inflated pricing. I, I just, I don't know how we get out of that. Does that make sense? Is that a... No, no. You understand it, what my issue is? It makes sense, but I, so I have two. I have two points I wanted to make on this declaration, whatever you want to call it. So my first question is, what is a fourplex? Can can you tell me what that is? And then my my part two of the first question is, don't they already exist? That second point is a great question. The first, okay, uh, your first point, I my understanding is they're essentially like, and in fact, it'll segue nicely into your second question. It's like, I'm going to refer to it as a mini apartment building. You know, those buildings that sort of look like they could be a house, but you know, there's like multiple units inside. Don't we call those like next door to my house. Don't we call those triplexes? I think that's different. And in fact, the fact that you're asking these questions and the fact that I'm not entirely sure how to answer you perfectly encapsulates the fact that I am not the housing person to talk about this. But my, you, yes, I... Mm. Triplexes oh, is... Triplex. Triplexes top, middle, bottom. I see. <clears throat> well... <laughs> You know what? Uh, I was excited to talk about this segment specifically because I was like, this is a good win. And now I feel like I'm I'm way out of my depth talking about it. So No, no, you're not. I, you're I, not. I, I listen, listen, you're the yin to my yang. But <laughs> here's my secondly and more important question. So for the last, fuck, let's say six years. I'm sure it ha it's happened in my neighborhood, so I'm sure it's happening in yours. You're seeing people completely tear down their house and rebuild it. Still a single-family home. Why are Whatever the reason is, they're, re they're tearing down their shitty-looking old-ass house, and a new modern home goes up. Same owners, though, most of the time. So here's my question. Does this make the way to stop that in the way of if you're going to tear it down, that's fine. But now, legally, you have to build a fourplex. I no, I don't think that's the case. I think it just so, and I, I think this goes to your question of weren't they legal before, or rather, they existed. And my understanding is is that they were at one point legal to build, and then they were outlawed. So, I don't want so, to say out loud. So you can build them, you just can't live in them. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no, because there are like there are apartment buildings, for example, on like Eglinton between um between Birchround and Kennedy. Tons of apartment buildings down there. My understanding is that, and I've always thought to myself, why don't we just build more apartments? You know, then rather than condos and all that stuff. And my understanding is that 
that's illegal. But now that I'm saying this out loud to you on this podcast being recorded, <laughs> what's a what is fundamentally the difference between a condo and an apartment? Condos, which are obviously getting built. So what fundamentally? Oh, you know what? Maybe it's the owner model. You know what? I. <laughs> Oh my god. We are all, all listen, I'm getting all over the place. We are all learning here. It's a good thing that they're they're now quote unquote legalized. The problem is is that you would argue that or I, I'm gonna argue that there's no money in building and or owning a fourplex. Why not? Well, think about it. Because that would be that would be four units that you're getting rental income from. I understand that, but so hear me out. Depending on if hydro is included in the rent, first of all, first of all, it's going to be market rent. Let's not get carried away. No, it doesn't matter where. Right, it is. right, right. Oh, you know what? That is. Oh God, not that's also a great point. Oh God, you keep bringing up the correct point. Number two, uh, that it will be market. Number two, it's probably not going to include hydro. And if it does, you're going to have and, – and okay, and then here's my third point. What's to stop the quote-unquote landlord from up occupying one of the units? Do you know what it's like to live in your – thing? and one of your quote-unquote neighbors is your fucking landlord? I've done it. I don't like it. Do you, I, I agree with the idea in principle, but I it does make me think of, for example, it's like uh, having a live-in super in an apartment building, except more of a bastard because he's a landlord, <laughs> right? And by the way, while we're on the subject, I'm gonna some uh, si sidebar for a minute to all landlords, big and small. Don't fuck up a good thing when you've got it. There are people in this world that are good tenants. I would argue that we have more good tenants than bad tenants. And you're fucking up a good thing when you fuck with the good tenants. When you rent an apartment building or you have a house and it's split up into units. And so you have the hydro included in the rent. That is an agreement that you already made. And so it doesn't matter how much the hydro is or was. Same with the water. Same with the gas. You have good people that take care of your property, especially if you're in a situation where you live far away or, you know, you live far away and you don't have the money to hire a fucking superintendent. So don't fuck up a good thing when you have it. Dumbass is <laughs> not talking from experience, of course. Of course, completely not. rhetorical. Of course not, and in a gen, I meant that in a general sense. All right, uh, I'm going to bring up this point because I know you do have an opinion on it. Um, so they they voted for the the long term goal. It's not an immediate vote. But the long-term long goal is to have no cars at High Park. Now, right now, it's uh, just it's just the weekend is 
is car free and during the week it's uh you can drive through it matthew i know so, you got that so just explain to me so what you just said the parameters weekends no cars during the week cars that's what they voted on today or, or at this meeting or what did they vote so that's on? so that's the current setup what they voted for was the long-term goal <clears throat> which is sort of like um open-ended will happen when it happens uh which is really later rather than sooner or at least that's the impression i get with the council anytime they they make a report to come back to later it's a slow process so they're not in any rush to do this but the goal would be a car free high park i want to start off by saying uh what did what did we name gord perks we named him uh, who's the original ant-man guy i can't remember his name uh, oh hank pym yes that's what we named him as much as i respect gord perks so we gave him that legendary uh, identity or whatever you want to call it. Um, I completely disagree with this notion. And, and here's why. Yes, it's no secret that I drive and Phil doesn't. No secret. And I have taken my kids to High Park. Ask me how I got there. I drove them there. What? And and we had fun. We we went to the, the farm there, you know? Listen, that's scandalous. I'm led to believe that you're not allowed to have fun if you own a car. Right? Um, <laughs> by making High Park car-free, eventually, you are cutting off pretty much people that don't know about high park can't access high park live too far away from high park you're basically the surrounding neighborhood will enjoy high park because they live close it's a close walk but for all of the rest of us no matter at which point you want to enter high park it's a fucking far walk it is far and for somebody who is physically disabled maybe they're in a wheelchair like our friend isabella Maybe they're on crutches. Maybe they use a cane. I have a bad knee myself. I can't walk very far. I can't even run to fucking first base playing baseball. I have to hit the ball really fucking hard so I can walk the bases. That's how pathetic I am. And if you have kids that are lazy and don't want to walk <laughs> or... Or can't walk that far for whatever reason. I don't mean to offend. You're not going to go to High Park because you can't do the walk. It's just not going to happen. Not to mention, High Park's a tourist area. So when there's a tourist area, what happens? You bring things that tourists are going to buy, like food, like a food truck or an ice cream truck. And if you make it car free, guess what? That's not happening. So now you're in the middle of a fucking park that you had to walk in from a main road, which is far, depending on where you entered. You're in the fucking park with no food and no way to get the fuck out except walk back to your car or, or the bus or, or the streetcar, whatever, however you got there. Even if you called a cab, you still got to go out to the fucking road. It makes no sense. How are they going to deliver the food for the animals? Are they going to 
find the nearest row and then and then what they're gonna they're gonna walk they're gonna hand bomb it in H- how's that gonna work it just it's not feasible it, it's not fe- i understand no car i get it i get it everyone hates cars cars equal pollution the animals bring uh, breathing the, the the car fumes i get it I, I get it but it's just not feasible it's not feasible you are cutting off high park for seniors most seniors uh some children and people that live far away like you you're in scarborough don't tell me for one second you're gonna get your kids and your wife on the bus and go let's go to high park and you're gonna go all the way the fuck there which by the way i think it is keel station and then you have to take the bus and then you have to walk in and from that point i think on keel is is the farthest and it's fucking far come on help me out here you're not gonna do that <laughs> Well, you're you're closer. Is, uh, you're closer to the Toronto Zoo. And by the I way, closer to the Toronto Zoo. And by and by the way, by the way, I will say that when I was a young kid, my mom took me to High Park, and the best thing that I remember about High Park is the huge slide, which is no longer there. I mean, that's just a part of our modernization playgrounds. To, here's something that I I think I've noticed. Well, we've all universally noticed. In our in our pursuit of making playgrounds safer, and I I started to get that kids are dumb and they'll hurt themselves, you know. We took away so many of the fun stuff from playgrounds. You know what I really like those um, I forgot what they're properly called, but it would just be like this, like a a platform, a circular platform that had like the rails that basically the kids would just grab the rails, run around in a circle to speed it up, and then jump on and you just ride and and spin. You know those things? Yep. Yeah. I I don't see them anymore. I think they're out of them. I assume because so many kids hurt themselves. There's one on Lakeshore. I Shore. understand that. Those rule. They rule. That's all I'm going to say. There's one on Lakeshore, but you know? I, can't, I, can't, I can't participate and I can't watch it because it makes me sick. Motion sickness. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, that's my position. I think, I think not thinking too deeply about uh, yes car versus no car, I do feel like this um uh half on half off uh procedure or what they've got currently going with high park is the best case scenario i think i respectfully disagree i hear you now uh i'll i'll start with a oh you know what it occurs to me that i i don't actually know how this i think the vote i think they won the vote um but there was a motion brought up by councillor bravo about the it's about essentially fine equity between um what parking tickets are and what a fair evasion ticket on the TTC is and it's just it's viewed as this um this inequitable chasm that they would like to make less unequal you know what's funny is that we talked about that i think when one of our early shows and we've been harping on that i dare say no i'm not going to take credit but counselor bravo if you're listening <laughs> please come on the show we love you counselor bravo if you're secretly a huge fan of the municipals please come on and, come we, and will talk make, to us. we will make you a pal a, a municipal <laughs> and a, an official municipal counselor bravo please open offer we love we love this idea and we'd love to know where you got it from <laughs> and you can you can lie and say 
other people, <laughs> but it was us. <laughs> okay, so that's that's my my smaller thing. Yeah, we've we've talked about it. I think universally, it's a good idea. Um, I I believe Josh Matlow has set up a motion to look into or to have a more comprehensive report on gardener expenses, like the gardener rebuild. Pretty sure that failed, unfortunately. Despite the fact that I think most of the city, uh, maybe I'm I'm projecting. I think you and I we're both on the same page in terms of the gardener, but I don't See, know. Here's the if thing that's about the city's opinion. No, I don't think we're on the same page because I've listened to different people talk about the gardener, and as much as I hate the fact that there's a highway that goes through the downtown, let's pretend for a moment that the gardener is gone all the way back to the uh, exhibition stadium. So that means there's a boulevard. And like it or not, they're correct in saying in that particular model, traffic would be quadrupled. That's I think a big part of that, though, is... Um... That's an irrefutable fact. It is. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you. And then you can tell me what you were going to say. Do you think that if the gardener is gone, more people are going to take the transit to work? Well, and here's the thing. It's it's not simply taking away the gardener. Well, say you take away the gardener and it turns out that traffic on the boulevard is you know, so packed that it takes anyone two hours to escape that boulevard, that'll drive people to the TTC. That's not the reason people should be driven to the TTC. The TTC should be made as appealing an option as possible. It shouldn't be about it, you know, the other options being so unappealing that you want the TTC. The TTC should be appealing on its own merits. I, and I I think that's sort of the idea with the gardener. If if you imagine that the exact same amount of cars are going to be traveling down the boulevard when the gardener comes down, I I think that won't... I think the idea is that people will just opt not to drive because it'll be so... Uh, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm phrasing this poorly. But a big part of it is in this... I don't know if it... The problem is I don't know if it works in the reverse. But if, for example... You build a highway, and their thought is, this will reduce traffic because we've we've given you a brand new highway. The problem is that induces demand, so people will choose to use it, and it'll get filled up by people. Mm, I don't know that I, don't I know. agree. I don't... I don't know that I agree with you because I am a frequent user of the four hundred seven, and that motherfucker's empty all the time. What is that? Is that the toll? Yes. I and I. <clears throat> I think that's a part of it too, you know, okay. like it's, there's a lot of factors involved, but again, I'm not <laughs> to be clear to everyone if, listening. If we are, we are not experts in what we're talking about. No, but hold on a second. I believe before you can take away the gardener, if that is the eventual goal, which I do support, I'm just not as supportive as maybe I once was. You have to have that replacement. Like, so I would actually, and I've said this before, if not on this show, on my other show, I would love to see transit expansion connecting 
a big loop that goes through South Etobicoke, eventually to Union. I would like to see Kipling Station extended to Sherway Gardens, extended to Long Branch Loop, and then make stops at like Thirtieth um, Street, is uh, Kipling, Islington, Mimico, uh, uh, um, uh, and a few other stops connecting to Union Station. And I think that that combined with the new Ontario line, which we won't see for four years, but you know, if they had shut up during the Rob Ford years and put the shovels in the ground, we'd have it already done by now. But that's a, you know, that's whatever. Um, I mean, no, that's a that's a good point to bring up because I I always felt that here's even before I was paying attention politically to things, there was always the I want to call it the Scarborough question, which always which was always kind of like down to. Is it even worth it to build transit in Scarborough? And again, even before I was all, you know, up in politics and stuff, my main thought was, uh, yeah, people live there. People who otherwise still need to travel downtown to work. So why, like, transit, the transit situation in Scarborough is just so unfortunate. Here's a wacky one. Here's another thing Ooh. I here's another thing I would do. I've never said this before. You know your line four that you love so much that you toured. I don't know how long ago it was when you told that story. Uh, yeah, I don't even. I don't. Oh, that's right. You didn't tell the story publicly. <laughs> anyway, no. um, I would like to see that extended eastward to Scarborough Town Center, and then to Pickering, either Pickering Town Center or Pickering Go Station. Absolutely. I, I think it's just both both Etobicoke and Scarborough. It's like the the northwest for Etobicoke, a huge pocket of just transit sadness. But Scarborough, it's not just the northeast part that's like very empty, but Kennedy Station, it stops. That's not that's not Kennedy is not halfway through Scarborough, okay? And then you've got the 102, which kind of does this, um, you know, it goes along St. Clair until it hits, I mean, Danforth. Yeah, it hits Danforth Avenue, and then it turns on McCowan. But there's like a whole segment of of Scarborough completely missed. And especially with like the night bus, the 385, that only comes as far as, as Danforth Road. It's... You're trapped if you're and not. Then, and then I would also extend from Kennedy, McCowan, and then ending at Kingston Road. That's what I would do. I, I just, they just, um, oh, okay. So to go back to your main point earlier, it wasn't, it was, you know, there was David Miller's plan. It's like, okay, make it happen. They didn't make it happen. Okay, Rob Ford came in and he made a plan. Okay, make it happen didn't happen john tory's in scrapping that plan too make something happen and they kept not making it happen which is how we get to the point where we are with the scarborough rt right now where it's gonna close in september and then we're not gonna get a replacement subway for minimum metrolinx's timeline is seven years metrolinx's timeline so i don't expect to get onto that subway for at least a decade it's nuts. 
and and there's too much red tape and bureaucracy um and i honestly i understand it's gonna sound like i'm supporting doug ford when i say this i don't mean it to sound that way i really don't i understand him scrimping and saving because of all the damage that kathleen Wynn did because remember them billion dollar plants that were scrapped yeah we're still paying for those still happening um but to deliberately underfund things like healthcare education and and now transit is it's completely fucked up i understand scrimping and saving i don't understand underfunding there is a difference philip we can agree on that i hear you 100% <sighs> All right. Do we have any tea to spill? I heard about an incident between Mr. Bradford and Mr. Perks, and there was a laugh. Oh, you know, okay. Um, I should. Do you want to tell I our real, listeners? I should have gotten more details about it, um, because my understanding was that Bradford, uh, during the council meeting, was trying to make what was going to be. Uh, very obviously a publicized video of him doing this like very bravado, you know, let's, let's talk more action. You know, that's his, his mayoral campaign logo, which he's saying out loud in person, which I got to tell you, embarrassing. You know, that's just supposed to go on your pamphlets. You're not supposed to say that stuff out loud, Brad. Um, so anyways, he was, he was given this grandiose speech and I, it has to be the fakest laugh of all time, but it's incredible. Gord Perks, my impression, purposely ruining his grandiose speech, the soundbite, because oh, it was so funny. Good job, Gord. That could be like a... Do they make uh, memes with volume? That would be a great one. <laughs> we could. I mean, you could. We could. Um, we can figure that out. Wouldn't that be like a GIF? No, I don't know. I don't know that shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> you see his new video, his new commercial. So if I'm to... Oh, is that uh, where he's going after Olivia and Mark Saunders? I don't know, but it's one where he's he's walking, and then I think he, he, he comes to a point, and then when he's done, I don't listen to him because I don't care, but... Uh, when he's done talking, right, he, he walks off again. Oh, Bradford, the man after my own heart. <laughs> you talking as soon as you're finished saying what you're saying, you just walk into the ocean. <laughs> Beautiful. Good for you, Bradford. You know what? I'm coming around to him. That's my man. That's my boy. <laughs> um, I'd be very interested what happens in 2026 because it seems oh. like his seat if we can get jenny warden on board or even if, if if jenny doesn't want to do it if if kayla hunt wants to do it or even brit our former some of our former guests somebody that you know is endorsed by jenny warden if it's not jenny warden herself and could po could pose a serious threat to brad bradford's seat you know, I it occurs to me that you made you reminded me of something I was thinking of, 
And it's the fact that it, it's part of this whole how he ran for count. As I told you, he ran for council, more on a progressive message. He's running for mayor on this cops, cars, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he's also being very abrasive against, you know, his counselor colleagues. Like I talked about the incident where he went after Councillor Bravo, the defund the police bit. And now this bit with uh, Gord Perks. I think he loses this mayoral election and the next three and a half years of his council term are impossibly awkward. Like, you know, he nobody knows what he stands for because he speaks whatever he thinks he needs to say. Um, I, I think he's just going to be ostracized. Question for you. Do you happen to know when the deadline is for entering the Ontario Ontario Liberal leadership race? That is a great question. Do you think Bradford would go for it? He's got to think about his... He can't honestly, when he's alone at night, sit there and go, I'm the next mayor. He can't... (laughs) He can't do I that. I think he might have. The, listen, I think he might have the ego to do that. I think he might actually do it at his kitchen are table. You, are you saying? The lights off. Are you saying that when he's alone, when it's just him and the camera's turned off, he can't be honest with himself? Forget everyone yes. else in his family yes. or his friends. He cannot be honest with himself. Lights off. He's going. I'm the mayor, baby. I have to think that he's at least considered it. <laughs> I'm talking about. I'm talking about the. Out. I'm talking about the leadership race. I'm not talking about mayor. He's at least considered it. I have to believe that. Um, switching gears, I want to talk about Mark Saunders, one of your favorite people. Okay, I love so that guy. he sucks. <laughs> so, but seriously, so he ran in june in the provincial election and he lost um which is crazy because doug ford's conservatives won so many seats they couldn't win don valley i can't remember which one he he ran in but anyway i think so, was it not kathleen wins seat it, it could have been i'm not sure but anyway um so he lost and if if like i think he's going to lose this race, what would you say is next for Mark Saunders? That's a good question. Um, Would he go, you know, would he enter for the Ontario liberal leadership race? No, no, God, no, 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 no. Bradford, again, the, the difference between in general, if, if you wanted to ask me, uh, between Mark Saunders and Brad Bradford, who I think is the better mayor, or who I would choose to be the less dangerous mayor, I would still pick Brad Bradford over Mark Saunders. I think Mark Saunders is... Bradford is an opportunist who, in my mind, is interested in power. Mark Saunders, his plan just seems to be make the city worse deliberately. Like, I've I've never seen a mayoral campaign that's just, oh... These bike lanes that pull very well and were very well consulted, they're all gone. But he's not the he's he's not the only one. He's not he's not the only one. You're right. He's not the only one. He's just the highest polling one. So 
in the same vein, I want to ask if Anthony Fury doesn't win the election, what do you think's ne- what do you think's next for him? Would he jump into the Ontario li- uh, Liberal leadership race? No, no. Why? Because he's no, right. No, no. Because he's right wing. Well, yeah, but he's he's more like he's he's Toronto Sun. He's um that sort of alternative media circuit. He is he would be more likely running for if he were to run for anything it would be cpc leadership no sorry not leadership just cpc mp and yeah, I, I don't think i don't think the ontario liberal leadership thing is a is so much a free for all as as we said bradford i could see him doing it because i don't see him as genuine but mark saunders i do feel like he's more dial in the wool conservative anthony fury same thing I, I I don't think either of them would run for the Ontario Liberal leadership. And I'll ask one more for one more candidate. What becomes of Anna Bailau if she doesn't win the mayoral race? Anna Bailau, I could see running for the Ontario Liberal leadership. Even though I, I do think she is more conservative, I feel like she's probably closer to being like a red Tory or maybe a blue, Lib- you know, the more kind of the the social parts of liberalism, the fiscal part of conservatism. I think Anna Bailau could probably run for Ontario Liberal leader. I don't know if that's anything she's interested in. Um, you think there might have been some, like, waves after the municipal election in October? Well, but, she, uh, did, she didn't run for her seat. No, so right, I, she didn't. I thought she was just going to go off and enjoy... Into the she, She's too young for retirement, but... Political retirement is at a much younger age than regular retirement is. And maybe she was just going to enjoy some time with her family. But then this happens, you know, Doug or Doug Ford. <laughs> John Tory gets caught with his pants. Well, he didn't really get caught. He kind of literally just, whatever. Anyway. And then now we're here and she's running. You know, we even asked her that question. Why? Why now? Why not? Yeah, why this October? time? And I. I if memory ser- it was a while ago but if memory serves me correctly she kind of sidestepped the question but um i don't know uh you're right i i, I don't know where she's politically aligned she seems like the right person to kind of take on Doug Ford though you know i <clears throat> i could see that i i you know her pursuit in in her in her run for mayor where she's constantly going after the idea that the province is going to upload the gardener and the DVP. That's not only is that, was that a fantasy prior to last week where Doug Ford just absolutely nixed the whole thing. Sorry, actually that was my main point. Doug Ford last week just nixed the whole thing. And Anna Bailo is still talking about uploading the gardener and the DVP to the province. It's not going to happen. So I don't know why she keeps bringing it up. Maybe she's got pictures of some. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, at that point, I think Doug Ford would be sweating. He'd be like, yeah, uh, you guys should elect Anna Bailau. I'm interfering in the election. Elect her. <laughs> don't, let, don't see my pictures. <sighs> I think he, if there was something going on, he'd be sweating. Uh, you know, recently uh, I had a friend who was so angry with Doug Ford. So angry. She's like, I'm going to go and fucking campaign at his office. And I'm like, that's useless. 
because you won't get in the door. I'm like, I know, I know where he lives at his because he, he lives in his mom's old because he sold his house. He lives at his mom's house. I'm like, why, why don't you just go campaign on his front lawn? I can show you where it is. <laughs> it's right down the street from our high school. <laughs> no, I'm not advocating that. Um, even leaders that we disagree with are entitled to their own privacy on their own time. I think that was a big part of what led to the downfall of Rob Ford. I'm not making excuses because he did drugs. Absolutely. But the stress of the job got to him because no one left him the fuck alone. 24-7, he's the mayor. He's not entitled to fucking eight hours off a day. He's not entitled to a weekend off, a vacation every now and again. That's what we have a fucking deputy mayor for. John Tory took off to parts unknown with his fucking worker. He certainly did. With his worker. worker. I don't know. I don't I don't know what to call her. And 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 you know, whether Jennifer McKelvey was with him or not, if if she wasn't. She was back here running the city in his absence, and now she's running the city until we elect a new mayor because he got caught. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> I'm, you know, uh, irrelevant of everything else we're talking about, I'm so curious uh, of who in John Tory's inner circle knew about it. Doug Ford. You think so? I'd love, I love, okay, so for any of our think, listeners. You know, listen, I don't think they're friends. I don't think Doug Ford would have known. They're not friends. Doug Ford, oh, Sorry. What? They, they ran against each other. Yeah, that doesn't mean they're friends. Abs- no, you're right. What am I saying? <laughs> I'm arguing the other side. They ran against each other, yes, but if the mayor was anybody else other than John Tory, would we be talking about uh, strong mayor powers? Well, no, because they wouldn't have happened. They wouldn't exist. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. For example, uh, you know, let's take the what's currently polling as Olivia Chow, uh, who is the highest poller. Let's say uh, let's say Olivia Chow wins the mayorality. What do you think Doug Ford does with those powers immediately? That bill gets repealed fast as he can I really and this is not meant to be disrespectful I think maybe we'll end this segment on this I gotta say that the the Rob Ford fan inside of me really hopes that Olivia Chow does not win and I know that's I know that's probably not a popular opinion I'm sorry but (laughs) I think that she is of the same ilk as obviously the NDP. And as much as I hate the conservatives and I hate the liberals and I hate the NDP as well, that's that, that that's not no different. And, and I refuse to get on board with the political ideology that says that if I misgender somebody, whether there, there, first of all, there is a difference between intentionally and unintentionally, but regardless, a $20,000 fine or six months in jail? Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. Everyone makes mistakes. Not all of it is intentional. And she's part of that. And 
I don't want to see something of that ilk rolled out municipally. Um, I, I, I want to ask you one more thing before we uh, end the show. A couple of candidates, including Giorgio, have come on and said they want to bring back school resource officers. And I've got a pro argument. I know you probably don't have a pro argument, but I want to hear your thoughts first. Go ahead. I mean, it's, I'm just, I'm fundamentally opposed to the police. And I, I don't really know what their role in the school would be that would actually be beneficial. They're not actually called police officers in school. It's, it's, it's a, I know it's a fancy title, but they call them a school resource officer. So if a kid is getting, I, I'd like to think of it if if a kid is getting bullied or threatened or there's any sort of gang violence going on inside the school, that person, if they don't trust the principal, they don't like the vice principal, if they even fucking have a vice principal, some schools don't, they can go to the resource officer. I mean, that's the way I see it. A resource officer wouldn't have a gun. In in right in, in, a, in a Matthew King government, a resource officer wouldn't have a gun or a taser, nothing. They have the belt because it makes them look fancy. And, and that's it. And a radio in case of emergency. I think a radio, I don't think you can kill somebody with a radio. I don't want to try, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say you can't kill someone with a radio. Prove me wrong. Um, but yeah. Please don't I, prove them wrong. I, <laughs> no, we don't, don't want to see that on breakfast television. No, because then I'll get blamed <laughs> The municipals encouraged me. <laughs> um, that's what it would look like in a Matthew King government, but I'm not running. So I, I, I think that, I mean, how do you encourage kids to stay away from gangs? I mean, I think that's a, the, that's a large part of the problem. No social, right. no social programs. A lot, and and again, this is by no means judgment because I I came from a broken home, but in a broken home situation, kids are going to tend to want to spend as little time away from the broken home, maybe with their friends. Their friends get in with the wrong crowd, and the boom bang. Bam, you're in a gang. Even if you don't want to be. I don't know. I, I I'm just I want to help as many kids stay away from gangs. You know, when 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 a fire breaks out, you smother the source to get rid of the fire. Correct? Am I right? That's crazy. I thought you added gasoline to the fire. <laughs> <laughs> you smother the source you get rid of the problem <laughs> so if we're going to take that same analogy and apply it here what do we do I would say the only counterpoint Matt that I would say is interestingly enough uh, part of what you're saying is is part of the part of the issue is also part of the solution there's no more like after school programs there's like nothing there's none of those social programs for kids to kind of involve themselves with that's an alternative to gangs so i mean obviously i'm opposed to 
um, you know, a police presence in schools. Um, it just seems like we could be trying a lot more things before we have to get to a physical presence. I hear you. I just, I just think the time for action is now. Um, like we've seen. Would you say let's talk more action? <laughs> No, I would not. But Bradford endorsement. You know we're not going to get paid from that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, and he's definitely not going to come on our show. I just feel like, like if we go back for to transit just for one quick sec, it's this, it's the thing they kept talking about, and then bringing it back and talking about it, and talking about it, and talking about it, talking about it, and that's why only, only a few, a couple weeks ago. I don't even know if actually shovels are still in the ground. I know the fucking area is tarped off, but I don't know if shovels are still in the ground. But I mean, we would be farther along in the project if people would stop talking about it and just do something about it. And then, and then here, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Okay. So everything that, whether you like David Miller or not, everything, a lot of the things he did were undone by Rob Ford. And then because he smoked crack, a lot, if not most, of the things that Rob Ford did were undone by John Tory. So now, which is very frustrating. So is the new mayor, whomever it's going to be, going to come along and spend at least part of the next three years undoing a lot of the things that John Tory did, whether we agree with them or not? It could be great things like getting sell the smart track name and 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 you know get rid of the gardener and 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 speed up the construction and, and and other things of course but but is, is that what we're doing now the the incoming mayor just like the incoming premier the incoming prime minister is going to spend part of their time undoing having to undo all the time even if they're popular or unpopular things like there are a couple of things that rob ford did that i love that i i believe were undone by by john tory just specifically because rob ford did them but anyway uh, I think that's that's a good point to stop, and I think I think we're good here today. Um, I do want to again thank our listeners uh, so very very much all around the world. Um, you know, we've got listeners from Ohio to Virginia, North Carolina, California, New York, Alabama, Arkansas, Arizona, uh, fucking France. I think. Oh fuck yeah. I think the Bahamas. We're getting the we're getting the parlez-vous en français crowd. The Bahamas, the Saint Grenadines, and and especially. No comment. You didn't. You didn't like. What? You didn't like the French. <laughs> you didn't like my <laughs> French bit. <laughs> I love just the French. Silence and you just silence and you continued on. <laughs> I love the French. I'm sorry. I got into a moment there, and especially want to thank all our homegrown listeners, everybody here in Ontario. This is. Even though we have a worldwide audience, this is a Toronto Municipal Politics podcast, and we appreciate every single person who listens, who comments, whatever. We don't, like I said last week, we don't want your money. We just want your support in the way of listening. Listen to us. And if you don't agree with us, write us. You can Twitter, tweet. You can tweet us. Yeah. you can email us, the municipals pod at yahoo.com, and tell us you disagree with it. And if it's not too profanity laced, we'll read it on the air. We're, we're, we don't care. 
Um, but yeah, re reach out and let us know if you like the content we're bringing. Um, as I said, we're going to have just candidates until the election. We're going to do something special, I think, for the election, I'm hoping. And then uh, after that, we're going to go back to what we were doing before, which is interviewing anyone and everyone who has something to say about Toronto municipal politics. And I'm excited. I can't wait. And I know Phil is too. I'm not speaking. Well, I guess I am. Fuck it. <laughs> I'd love to get my boy Kevin on. Kevin Rupesing, come on the municipals. We'll keep you on Kevin, for the whole show. Come on. We'll, come we'll, on. <laughs> we'll pick your brain. Love to hear anything you have to say. Um, another one I want to get on the show, if she's listening, Sheena Sharp. She's friggin' so Ooh. smart. She is so smart. Um, I'd love to get her on the show. But I think uh, with that, we'll take our leave. We'll be back next week with a fresh episode and some new interviews. You'll have to tune in to find out who. And, uh, you know, that's it. So for Phil and for Giorgio and everyone else, thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. And this is the Municipal. Have you been paying attention to, like, city stuff? Don't vote, can't bitch. Sorry to, uh, to point that finger at you. My answer with that would be yes and no. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it, and two, you're robbing them of their their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to uphold.